Welcome to the Progress Texas Happy Hour. Welcome to the Progress Texas Happy Hour. I'm Kathleen Thompson, Progress Texas Executive Director. I'm Sam Gonzalez, Progress Texas Digital Director. And I'm Chris Mosier, Progress Texas Podcast Director and Producer. These days, the news moves fast, and Progress Texas, the Lone Star State's primary source for rapid response progressive messaging, is proud to announce an exciting and handy new weekday addition to our regular podcast lineup. Chris, will you tell us about the new pod? Yeah, it's called the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch, and we'll talk a little bit more at length uh, about it later. You may have seen it in your podcast feed already. It's a real quick daily summary of all the headlines across Texas that we're following here at Progress Texas and that we think you guys need to know about. So we'll elaborate more, but look for the Daily Dispatch on the uh, main feed of the Progress Texas podcast. And that means you should be subscribing. So be sure to subscribe to Progress Texas in all forms of social media and platforms and everything that you see there. So if you see Progress Texas, follow it, like it, subscribe. Right on, Sam. Turning to today's topic, the grassroots organization Mothers Against Greg Abbott was one of the most popular and dynamic players in the Democratic effort to oust our still-sitting governor. While that overall effort fell short, this particular group showed what one pissed-off mom could accomplish with hard work and great creative energy. And you can credit Mothers Against Greg Abbott for spoiling the fun that the MAGA crowd had with their initials and their ridiculous little nickname, as well as providing Texas with its own version of the the Lincoln Project by setting new standards and excellence regarding eye-popping and viral media. So the fight to bring equity and equality to the statewide political landscape in Texas is going to take more than our elected folks or our parties or any of that. It's going to take all of us working in tandem together and individually while uh, innovating to the max all the way. And that's why we've invited Nancy Thompson, who is the founder of Mothers Against Greg Abbott, to tell us all about how she did it and what's coming next for her organization. Hello, Nancy. Hi there. Thank you for having me here. We have to rewind back a few scandals and partisan fights to get to the origins of your org, all the way back to the masking fight in Texas schools during the pre-vaccine period of the COVID-19 pandemic. Nancy, will you tell us what was happening in your world that led you to realize that you had to take action? Absolutely. So my son was in the emergency room. He was really sick. He had um, a viral infection that was not COVID, but he was really sick. He had no immune system. And um, I had to bring him home. And before we left the emergency room, the emergency room doctor told me, Greg Abbott just got rid of the mask mandate and you cannot send your kid to school. And I was really worried because I knew how fast, you know, COVID actually breakouts can happen. So I came home, um, I came home that night and I couldn't sleep. I was tossing and turning. I'm so worried about my kid. And I just thought I have never had a governor since I have been living in Texas that has actively sought out to hurt his own constituents and other Texans. And I was really just so mad. So the next morning, um, I said goodbye to my husband. I was like, bye, honey. Have a great day. <laughs> and I had already decided that I was going to go protest in front of the Capitol building. I, you know, it was during COVID, so there were not that many supplies in the store. So I actually found one poster board in my garage. And I had a blue <sighs> Sharpie and a red Sharpie. And I sat down at the table and I was trying to decide what to put on on the poster. So I was like, well, you know, what am I going to put on there? I'm so mad. I'm like, moms demand action. I'm like, mothers against drunk driving, but I'm a mother against Greg Abbott. So I wrote down 
Mothers Against Greg Abbott, one line in blue, one line in red, one line in blue, one line in red. And I put it all together, and then I stood back and realized that it said MAGA. <laughs> I had not realized that before. Right. Like, it just didn't register before that. So I looked at it, and I thought, well, this is either great or it's going to be a disaster area. But just in case it was disaster area, I made a B-side. And the B-side was... Um, <laughs> Greg Abbott, he's pro-COVID, um, pro-gun, and anti-children was on my B-side. And so I was prepared either way, but I went out there and I decided to hold the poster board by myself for two and a half hours. And I'm a person that likes to do things with friends, so I did not ask anybody to go with me. I just went by myself. I really thought that this was between me and Greg Abbott. I didn't need to take anybody along. I just, I was, I just felt like I just wanted to be heard and I didn't know who was going to hear me. So I just thought, well, I'm mm. going to go there by myself and see what happens. So so I went out there and I held the sign for two and a half hours. And while I was there holding up the sign, um, a couple of folks in the Capitol took my photograph and it went kind of crazy viral on the floor of the yep. ledge. And then um, I did post my picture on Pantsuit Austin as well as on my Twitter feed and my Facebook feed. And those pictures went viral and it turns out I wasn't the only one who was feeling like this. There were thousands and thousands of other Texans that were worried and concerned about what was happening with Greg Abbott. And it just started a fire. And the fire is still burning bright today. And that's the thing from one kind of makeshift sign in a garage to now pulling out fully produced video content now to show and express how you were feeling that day when you made that sign the first time. Can you tell us about your background in creating that media? Like we've seen all the terrific videos that you have all put out uh, so far now, you know, the concepts and the production work involved there, all that stuff's really top notch. So how much of this was just you and how much did you have help in developing these things moving forward, you know, as we've gone along? Yeah, well, you know, you never do anything alone. You always do it with a team especially right. if you want to be successful. It's always more successful when you have a great team that is working with you. Mm -hmm. So we um, we started organizing all the Moms Against Greg Abbott. We started asking people what their talents were, what, you know, what their background is in. And it turned out that uh, a woman who filled out the form, Michelle Mower, she, um, she filled out, she said, I'm a film director. And so mm. we had decided, okay, well, what do we want to do? Um, I don't know about you, but do you, just like during political cycles, do you just get so mad at the TV and just want to throw something at the TV because the ads are completely wrong? They're they don't talk in your voice. They don't really say the right thing. They don't fight back. And it kind of seems like no one is really being that gutsy on fighting back. Right. You know, I think everybody has experienced this. So I had an initial meeting with Michelle and we sat down and I said, listen, Michelle, I, I wrote a couple ads that I thought would be inspiring that could we just all need to fight back so i wrote a couple ads and she said well you know i have a film group and we all decided to make ads after um, january the 6th so a few of them a few filmmakers from throughout texas they're all texan um mm -hmm. decided that they were going to do ads after january the 6th to save democracy so we had an initial meeting and um, they humored me because these guys are experts. I mean, they work in New York City. They work in L.A. They travel all over the world. They are um, film directors. Many of them have won Emmys. You know, these are award-winning film people. 
And um, I sat down with them and, you know, thank goodness, sometimes I'm not that intimidated by people because I don't know them. So I just, (laughs) I didn't really know them that well. So I was like, okay, I'm going to tell you about these ads I wrote. And I'm pretty sure they were sitting back thinking like, okay, here's this mom. She's going to have this really stupid ad. We're all going to have to pretend we like it. And, you know, you could just tell they were humoring me, you know, okay, yeah, yeah, read me your ad. Sure, go ahead. So I read them the ad and nobody could talk afterward. Everybody's like, oh my God. And then they're just like, who's on board? And everybody just jumped in and said, we're in, we're in, we're in. This is excellent. Mm -hmm. And that first, there were two initial ads. The first one was Breaking Bread. And the second one was Nothing Changes. And Nothing Changes was an ad that I wrote. I was watching The Circus, um, which is a television show with Mark McKinnon on Showtime. And they oh, had yeah. interviewed, uh, uh, what's his name, Joe Strauss. And he said, there's a saying in Texas that nothing changes until it does. And I was like, well, it does now, you know? And I went and I took a shower yeah. and I was like in the shower and I was like, doing an angry shower, you know, I was like washing my hair, doing an angry shower. And you know what, as a mom, like, let me tell you, if you piss off a woman Mm -hmm. and she goes and takes a shower, she's pissed and she's doing an angry shower. And she's like, she's trying to shake it off. So that's what I was doing. I was in the shower and I was like having an angry shower. And I was like thinking of all the reasons why we need to change politics in Texas because it's not working out for the majority of Texans anymore. So I came out of the shower and, um, put my robe on, didn't even get dressed. I sat there and I wrote the Nothing Changes ad in five minutes. And I just, yeah, yeah. and that's kind of what happened. And I read it to um, to the, the film crew. And basically what I wrote is the Nothing Changes ad. We didn't really change much. So that was, wow. that was it. So Jeez. yeah, incredible. But everyone on our film team is from Texas or, you know, lives in Texas or is originally from Texas. Most of the people on our film crew are women. Most of our directors are women. Most of our writers are women. Um, and um, we do have a few men, and they're definitely, they're they're feminists. You know, they're on our team. They're feminists. And we have um, a lot of folks from the LGBTQ community who are also on our team. So we have a really awesome, amazing, diverse film crew. Terrific. We'll, we'll definitely, you know, I think all of us have, have, you know, watched your stuff multiple times just yeah. out of its entertainment value, but we'll definitely put links in the, in the show notes. So anybody who hasn't seen any of these can, can go and check them out. So there are big plans and there's also kind of a big shift coming targeting wise, because we're moving into a different, you know, part of the election cycle uh, for the org. But before we go there, Uh, We're all Texas progressives. We've all been doing this a while. We've all experienced, you know, the excitement of finding like-minded people, just like Nancy was talking about, finding a crew, doing something and getting getting it moving forward, Uh, finding candidates that we're excited about that we think are going to have a shot, and we get really fired up, and then we discover that it's really hard in Texas, that the deck is stacked. We do all we can. We do the thing. I'm, I'm thinking of a, a Captain Picard uh, uh, quote here. Nancy and I were talking about Star Trek before we started rolling. So, you know, pardon the nerdery. But there's a point where actually Picard <laughs> says to Data, it's possible to make no mistakes and still lose. And that's kind of what we experience here in Texas over and over because we're up against a really hard situation. So I want to ask you, Nancy, having gone through and just done such terrific work, we still have Governor Abbott sitting there 
Talk about your experience coming out of that last election, dusting yourself off and getting ready for the next fight. What's in your head uh, regarding that? Well, lots of things. First of all, is that I realized um, we're only as good as our weakest link. And the time is now for um, Texas Democrats all over Texas to uh, work together. We have to collaborate in order to win. And we have to strategize in order to win. And we have to be brave. You have to be braver tomorrow than you were today. You have to go out there and be brave. A lot of people are afraid to be a Democrat in their community. And if, you know, if I can go out there and be brave every day, so can you, trust me. So can you, because I pretty much make myself a target. And um, and I have learned that um, that you have to be you have to be strong and you have to have good conviction and you have to, you know, just know that you're doing the right thing. So I think the key thing right now for Texas Democrats going into 24 is to work together. And so a lot of times in the state of Texas, a lot of groups compete against one another or they don't like working together or there's a lot of division. Sure. This is not the time for that. We have to move beyond this. And we also need to have big ideas and think big and have a vision, a strategic vision for the future of Texas Democrats. And the time to do that is now. And so as I, I've been traveling and doing a world tour around Texas, and as I do my world tour, I say, you know, I understand that your group might not get along with this other group, but you guys need each other. So you guys need to spend the next year and a half being partners. And the day after the election, you can go back to being enemies. But for the next year and a half, we really need you to work together. And then the other thing is that Democrats are terrible uh, about recruiting other Democrats. So when you have a Democratic meeting, you need to invite a friend to that meeting. You need to invite your neighbor. You need to invite your children, your grandchildren, your daughter, your son. Everybody needs to come. Your next door neighbor that has little kids, trust me, she wants to get out of the house. So invite her to mm -hmm. a meeting. You know, um, we have to start growing our groups. Our goal as Democrats is to outgrow the rooms that we are currently meeting in. We need to become so popular and such a cool, fun group that we have to look for a bigger space. And we actually, we gave this speech, or I gave this speech in Marble Falls um, on our rural tour. And the next meeting, they had 12 new people. Nice. That's great. I mean, you have to start somewhere, right? And we have to encourage and get other people, that next generation, to start volunteering and start doing the work for Texas Democrats. Because it cannot just be, you know, elderly people or retired people everywhere we go. We need people from... 18 years old and up and everybody in between. That's right. And even some some younger teenagers who can't vote just yet. Uh, I bring my kids to everything and, and they help yeah. out. And um, my uh, middle son um, made phone calls when all the Beto signs finally came in and uh, was making up his own script as he went, he threw out mom's script and did his own <laughs> script along the way when he was uh, 12 and um, had a great time. So bring, bring those kids. They can they can do the work too. He was saying um, his script and then would say, bet on Beto and hang up. Uh, it was great. Um, Nancy, the new direction for you is laser focused on Ted Cruz, who Beto came within less than three points of beating in 18. And considering the baggage that Cruz has accumulated since then, he might and should be an easier target next year. This next fight requires a fundamental shift for Mothers Against Greg Abbott. So will you walk us through your plans? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, we have to change our name because it turns out that you cannot have a name of a candidate in the in the title of your name when you are a federal PAC. 
So we had to mm. move from being a state PAC to a federal PAC. And in order to go after Cruz, we had to, we couldn't use Greg Abbott's name. We couldn't use Ted Cruz's name. So um, we went ahead and surveyed our organization and we came up with Mothers for Democracy. And so we decided that we were going to do a hybrid pack called Mothers for Democracy Action Pack. So we're really excited to have Mothers for Democracy look at the big picture. And we're hoping to influence the big picture of what's going on with politics across the United States so we can have the majority of Democrats in both the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House of Representatives. So that means we're going to be expanding, you know, and going after Ted Cruz, but also Chris Sinema, Adam Frisch. We're going to support him and his in his fight against Lauren Boebert. So and then Monica De La Cruz in her fight against Michelle Vallejo. We will be focused in on those some of those key reasons. Here at the Halfway Point, a quick note of thanks for listening to the Progress Texas Happy Hour podcast. We're proud to say you've helped us build our podcast into one of the top 10% of the most widely heard podcasts in the world. Kind of mind-blowing, but true, and one of the top progressive political podcasts here in Texas. We couldn't have done all of this without you listening and sharing episodes, so thank you for that. We believe that information is power. Our podcast features insider analysis with a lighthearted take on major issues, events, and players in Texas politics. We've interviewed elected officials, foreign policy experts, activists, and candidates in a panel format that brings gender and ethnic diversity and always seeks to give listeners a reason to keep coming back for more. After we wrap today, please help us keep our podcast ad-free and accessible to all listeners with a donation at ProgressTexas.org. Find the link in the show notes. And so, Nancy, you've taken the name off, of course, of the, the pack and making sure that it's all, that's all cleared up. But you've also told reporters that you haven't picked a candidate for champion yet either. So you don't know who uh, you're not going just against Ted Cruz, but we don't know who we're also going for at this moment. But we do have two solid options declared so far, and I'd like to pick your brain on both of them. So first to announce was U.S. Representative Colin Allred of Dallas. So can you give some of your early impressions of him? Um, I interviewed him um, last fall and he was so pleasant and I could tell that he was probably thinking about going after Ted Cruz. I was the first person mm-hmm. to ask him, hey, Colin, are you thinking about running against Ted Cruz? I mean, he was running for the U.S. House of Representatives last year, but I asked him about Ted Cruz because I mm. could just sense it and I could tell um, he has a wonderful presence. He is he's very dynamic, charismatic guy, you know, um, he really has a large following of young progressives with him. So I think mm-hmm. those things are also, you know, really attractive about Colin. And I'm I'm certainly glad that I trusted my gut instinct on that webinar and asked him that question because I can say I was the first person to ask him if he was running against Ted Cruz. That's cool. The The other who is announced is State uh, Senator Roland Gutierrez, who we've had a similar experience with. We had him on at one point talking about some, some stuff with Uvalde, and we kind of had the inclination that he might be thinking about running mm-hmm. against Ted Cruz and couldn't quite answer the question right at that moment, but kind of the same sort of thing. I think we were perhaps some of the first people to start to drag that out of him. Tell us what you think of Roland Gutierrez, Nancy. Um, yeah, I love Roland Gutierrez. I mean, this is a fine candidate who he sh- he's showing up for Texas families across the state. He's showing up over and over and over again. And what we need to listen to from Roland is that I think that it's really easy to assume 
that his only issue is guns. But when you actually talk to him and spend some time with him on the issues, he really cares about what is happening with families that are struggling to find jobs, to put food on the table, um, to get the health care that they need. I think that he can really speak to not only the Latino community along the RGV and um, some cities, but he can also speak to a lot of rural Texans. And he has a lot of opportunities, I think. And Nancy, you've clearly got a knack for all this and thinking as a media strategist and crafter of messaging. While anyone can see that Cruz is generally an unlikable person in a variety of ways, Republicans haven't turned on him in big numbers. Do you think that's necessary to beat him as opposed to making sure that the majority of Texans who loathe Ted Cruz show up and vote him out? Absolutely. Um, we cannot beat Ted Cruz by calling him Cancun Cruz. Okay, we have to move beyond that. We have to look at his voting record. We have to look how he shows up for Texans. And the truth is, is I, I spent a week researching his voting record um, in D.C. And he he does not support the things that Texans need. He does not show up for the communities here in Texas. He votes against veterans. He votes against um infrastructure. He votes against um, aid for farmers. I mean, and he votes against veterans numerous times. Like, it isn't just once. He also votes against women. And so, you know, I think his voting record should speak for itself. And it is going to be uh, part of our job and our mission to communicate to people in Texas all the things in which he fails to show up for Texans. You know, and a lot of times, you know, you'll see John Cornyn vote one way and Ted Cruz voting the other way. And yes. and so we don't even have a guy who is in the same lane as his party. You know, he's definitely a little bit more of an extremist. So I think pointing out those voting records and really hitting him where it hurts on those voting records is key. The other thing that is key is Spanish radio. Spanish radio is also key when it goes comes to Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz does not invest in Spanish radio. He's not going after the Latino market. And, um, you know, as a Latina myself, um, he he's kind of a joke. Like, he doesn't speak mm -hmm. for our people. He doesn't want to hang out with our people. He'd much rather hang out at the Ritz-Carlton, you know, and, you know, either Cancun or a Ritz-Carlton somewhere in, in the Caribbean, which is what he's been doing during this heat storm. So... Um, so anyway, so yeah, that that's my feeling. We have to go out on we have to go out and hit him hard with the issues and we have to communicate those issues to everyone across the state. Now, as someone who's tried to kind of condense that down, you know, I do the digital stuff here uh, at Progress Texas. How do you what is your kind of first approach of getting that kind of condensed down? Because it's a couple of different things. It's unlikability, his inability to vote with his own party or vote for the people that elected him, even in that way, one. And two, voting against other Texans who didn't want him in the first place. So how do you get such a, somebody that's so unlikable, someone that's so kind of just disgusting to everybody and hit him on that one point? Do you have an approach that you're starting with? I know you have to develop the message. I know you we have a long way to go in that process. but have you kind of got an inkling of where to start? And could you help me <laughs> give help. me that little piece that you have? So that way, so that way I can find it too, because I got in, I, I got this job after he was elected. And so my job, this first run was me going after Greg Abbott, same kind of as yourself, where you go, how do you, how did this guy win? Now I got Ted Cruz, I go, okay, now I know how to beat him. But how do we get that message across? And, and Nancy, you've had a great success with the Greg Abbott 
thing. I just want to see kind of, do you have an idea of where this new message is going with Ted Cruz or where that one thing to nail him on over and over again? You know, because Cancun is going to work, like you said. What are we looking at here? Do you have any idea? Uh, well, I think if I give you my ideas, somebody will take my ideas right now and steal my ideas. Yeah. So I'm afraid of saying too much, to be yeah. totally honest. But um, but here's here's the deal. Is you know, in all of our ads and everything that we do, there's always um, a gut punch. You know, mm-hmm. there's all and it's always a gut punch. And then we try to do everything with humor. And mm-hmm. that's sort of yes. a little tiny bit dark. And you don't even know that you laughed at something. And then you're like, oh, my God, I just laughed at this thing. And I cannot believe I just laughed at this thing. I'm a terrible human being. I just laughed mm-hmm. at this thing. And I think that that's kind of what you kind of have to do, you know, in order to to get a point across with some people, you have to figure out how to do a gut punch. You're either going to do a straight gut punch, a gut punch with a little bit of humor, or do that gut punch that makes people stop and think. And so that tends to be like our strategy for almost everything that we do is try to find a way to do a gut punch. So so go there. There's essentially go there is what you're saying. Yeah. Like with all the things that yeah. Ted Cruz Why not? is... Is a yeah. I mean, that's the thing. He's funny at the same time. A lot of his policies cause a lot of chaos and harm. And when you think about the harm that he causes, true, real harm, there's a lot of gut punches in there. I'm sure that you're choosing from honestly when you're coming up with these ads. So uh, I'll go ahead and take a look and see what my approach could be in that. But I'll let you do the big, the big commercials and stuff for now. I mean, Ted Cruz is a walking dark comedy. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, hearing about, you know, you guys do such fabulous work, as we've said so many times, and, you know, good things should be scaled up for greater impact. And that's the natural order of things. But I have to admit that when I first heard that uh, that you and uh, and Mothers Against Greg Abbott was going to be, you know, expanding your your impact and your efforts beyond Texas, I have to admit my first reaction was, no, don't do that. We need them here. We need we need that all all here in Texas. We want to keep them for ourselves, and so I know that's not fair, and that's not what's going to happen. Uh, it is interesting though. There's a similar. It's not the same, but it's similar with with cinema in Arizona. You know, an equally kind of strangely mm-hmm. comedic thing that's going on there. Compare and contrast Cruz and cinema. What's your plan of attack with her? Technically a Democrat, or, or actually technically an independent these days, I suppose, but started as a Democrat. Uh, what's how are we going after Kirsten Cinema? Well, Kirsten Sinema likes to hang out with Republicans. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so you have, I mean, she kind of just sold her soul. There is something that they both have in common. I think that they're just both, they're both fairly unpopular. The unpopularity of both of them is very similar. Yeah. And then in both cases, we just need to elect someone in Texas and in Arizona who's going to fight for the families of Arizona and Texas. And that really is key. I think it's been a long time since, you know, sometimes we have elected officials, they get elected into office. And with Republicans, Republicans are very afraid of their base, Mm -hmm. but Democrats are not afraid of their base. You know, they're just not. And we need to make sure that the Democrats remember who their base is, which is families. So it's just time for that to happen. That's good stuff. Nancy, let's go back uh, to you as a Texas mom getting fed up to the point that you didn't have a choice. You went to the Capitol. You got in gear personally. Mm -hmm. A lot of our listeners are there, too. They're fed up. They're frustrated. uh, They're also scared about the direction that Texas is going and the way that people like Donald Trump and his followers want to take Texas and the rest of our country. 
What's your advice to that mom or dad or sister or brother who's listening today who's right on the edge of um, getting more involved, not just voting? Okay. So I am actually asking everyone, wherever they are at, across the United States, across Texas, donate to your local Democratic Party. Start local. We need to focus on building up the pipeline of candidates at a local level so we can develop that pipeline that goes all the way to state level and federal level. So everything, you know, you kind of can't be from Austin and not think of local as your every other word here because everything's about local. Right. So um, so that's the thing. So give locally, uh, find a group to volunteer with locally and and, you know, just kind of start growing your reach. Every single one of us needs to be more than a voter. Every single one of us. I mean, being a voter is not enough right now. When democracy is on the table against fascism, we have to be a donor. You have to have a yard sign. You have to wear the T-shirt. You have to go and canvas. You have to go and attend events and invite your friends to attend events with you when you hear political people speaking. I mean, there is a lot more that all of us can do than being a voter. Become a VDR. Um, figure out ways that you could get students to register to vote. So join those organizations on just getting people registered to vote and also engaging with people. So it isn't enough to register people to vote. We have to do the middleman thing because they register to vote here and then they vote here. But we do nothing to engage them in between. We have to focus on engagement and knowledge in between the time that they register to vote and actually on voting day, the day that they vote. And so I think that's the thing. I mean, we need to not be afraid of having political conversations with people and trying to listen to them and persuade them. But a lot of times um, Democrats aren't very good listeners. So I would say... When you're talking with somebody who doesn't always agree with you, you should just stop and listen first before giving them any feedback. Stop and listen. Take it in. Figure out what your thoughts are and then go back with maybe some of your thoughts later. Or if you can think of them on the fly, do it then. But always stop and listen because it's really important that we take in different points of view to, in order to for us to develop our platform. Nancy, thank you so much for your time and all the great work that you've done. Before you go, though, do you have anything else that you want to say that we haven't covered? Or uh, if you want to just go ahead and pitch the socials for all of uh, where can they find you now with the new names? Have you changed social medias? How are they going to find you? Okay, so we are going to be a couple of different things. So we are Mothers for Democracy, and that Mm -hmm. is going to include um, the Action Pack and our C4 Mothers for Democracy organization. And then we have the Mothers for Democracy Institute, and um, that's the C3 part of the organization where we're going to do civics education and we're going to do some in-depth podcasts. We have an in-depth podcast coming up with investigative podcasting on vouchers and, you know, the history mm-hmm. of vouchers, where they came from, where they're going, the yeah. his, you know, especially here in Texas. So that podcast is going to be launching in September. And so, um, so anyway, so that's Mothers for Democracy Institute. So we have a bunch of new organizations, but mostly you can find us on Mothers for Democracy or Mothers Against Greg Abbott. We will still be Mothers Against Greg Abbott GPAC in Texas until December. Next January, we'll switch it over to Mothers for Democracy. 
Got right it. So yeah, for the rest of this year and probably maybe through next year's election, we'll still be Mothers Against Greg Abbott in Texas as a GPAC. But for the national scale, we'll be Mothers for Democracy. Well, just having your your creative brain and your energies out there, you know, regardless of the flag that's up at the top, we're super glad that you'll be out there doing your thing. And we're real proud to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Thanks again to Nancy Thompson, founder of Mothers Against Greg Abbott and now the expanded Mothers for Democracy. Thanks for joining us today. And we hope to have you back soon. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. Um, I love what Nancy said about uh, humor and positivity. And I think that Texans can look to John Fetterman's recent Senate campaign and see that that humor and positivity really does work. And um, humor de-escalates. And um, that's why Progress Texas is so clever and fun. And um, I can't wait to see what um, Mothers for Democracy does next. I'm glad that Progress Texas also uh, embraces John Fetterman's uh, uh, passion for casual uh, uh, workplace uh, attire. That's really, really nice. (laughs) Right on. Uh, As we mentioned at the show's opener, Chris has a new podcast project for Progress Texas that just debuted. Chris, will you tell us more about the new Progress Texas Daily Dispatch? Yeah, it's just basically another addition to our arsenal of podcast materials here at Progress Texas. Uh, For me, it was inspired by my addiction to uh, NPR News Now, which is the short hourly kind of collection of headlines that they put out every hour, 24-7, 365. And I at one point found myself listening to that about six times a day. And I realized that this was something that we could do here at Progress Texas, which is basically a collection of the important news items that we think our audience should be abreast of, the things that we ourselves want to be abreast of, in fact. Uh, It's designed to be about the same length as a short commute or a shower or, you know, any household tasks that you might have going on. It runs from about, you know, six to eight minutes, something like that. Uh, it's coming your way every single weekday morning, and it's just a really, really easy way to uh, to stay up to date on what we're covering here at Progress Texas and things that Texas progressives need to know about. Uh, nice and quick and easy and simple. Chris, before I left the house today, my husband told me that he'd already listened to it. <laughs> he was downstairs yeah. doing dishes, just like you said, and I've already gotten text messages from some of our board members saying it was a great listen and a, and a fun first show. So thank you so much. And we're excited for this new project. And I know that listeners, you're going to love it. Right on. Very good. Thanks to digital director Sam Gonzalez, podcast director and producer Chris Moser and listeners. Thank you. Listeners, please head on over to progresstexas.org and subscribe to our email list. Keep us accessible with a donation of any amount. And don't forget to follow us on socials. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. And if you're opinionated like me, leave us a review. Everybody take care. Bye, y'all. Progress Texas Happy Hour is a production of Progress Texas, a rapid response media organization promoting progressive messages and actions. Find us online at progresstexas.org and on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. The podcast is produced by me, Chris Mosier, and our featured music is by Walker Lukens. Please be sure and subscribe to the Progress Texas Happy Hour on the podcast platform of your choice. Take a moment to leave us a review if you've enjoyed the show and be sure and tell your friends about us. Thanks for listening and for all you do to press progress forward here in the Lone Star State. We'll see you again next week.